Good morning and welcome to Mom Power. So happy that you're here. I'm so excited about today's lesson and I can't wait to get started. I'm going to turn the time over to BJ. Thank you, BJ, for assisting me. Yes, you're welcome, Karen. Yes, that's Karen Broadhead, our, our special friend to all of us moms. Karen is the founder and director of Mothers Who Know and we just appreciate the work that she's done to put together these, these beautiful trainings and other um, opportunities for women to be able and mothers to be able to connect with each other and learn from each other and just help point us to that beautiful source of peace, which is the savior. And we love that. We love how that's just wove through all the parts of what Mothers Who Know is. And so we are Mothers Who Know, just in case you don't know, is an online faith-filled gathering place for all women who are wanting to support their self and their loved ones. And you can find at motherswhoknow.org lots of different trainings and support and, and just opportunities. There's a lot of those and most of those are offered at no cost to you. And so we're just so grateful that we're able to offer those and we appreciate life-changing services. They're our parent company that helps to offer these different resources for all of us. So lifechangingservices.org, in case you don't know about them, they are a really neat team of Latter-day Saint therapists and professionals that provide gospel-centered training and healing for lots of these common challenging, stretching things that our families are working to navigate and looking for some help on. And so lifechangingservices.org, just remember that's a great place to look if you're feeling like you might be able to use some extra help, especially in some of the areas like the trap of pornography. Some of our women and young women programs have just some special areas of help with mental health issues. Just, just like to always point to you over there and help you know about them as well. And then also this training, this mom power training, we're on lesson seven today. And there are eight lessons that you can just listen to when it's convenient for you. And then we have this mom power live opportunity to meet and discuss the, the lessons and just share insights and learn a little bit more from Karen. And we, the one thing we love about mom power training is just it does give us a chance to link arms with like-minded women. And also we love the, the mom power calendar. And that's talked about back in lesson one with lots of different resources in case you're just jumping on with us. Just a way to set powerful spiritual habits in motion daily that can help us to keep centered. We love that. We love how it can help us change the way we think and feel and act. So just the format for today's lesson, what we do is we, Karen shares a little, a few highlights from the lesson, and then she loves to give us lots of time to to share and ask and just have a chance to communicate in that way. And so really be thinking as we're going through the lesson, if there's, there are some things, some takeaways or some things that you might want to ask, just please know that that's a neat part of the lesson. So we're just grateful that you're here with us. Today's lesson is lesson seven, like I said, and it is the title of it is you are God's secret weapon. And we'll be talking about how moms can be atmosphere angels. We can change the atmosphere in our home and have so much influence on the atmosphere. I don't know if change, we'll have to see what
what Karen says about that, but we do have a lot of influence. So, and it's powerful, it's big. And so I'm excited to, to learn a little bit and hear from you as well. We want you to know about something exciting that's coming up that is called our Stay by the Tree series. So in between these mom power trainings, these eight part trainings, and then we have a, a bonus week on the end of those trainings where we get to see how we can, if you'd like, you can join smaller groups of women and we call that team mom power. And there's, there's more information on mompowertraining.org for that. If you're wanting to look about being a part of that, but we just have smaller groups of women that just meet once a week and talk about some of these principles that we've been learning and tools that we've been learning in mom power training. Just say, let's, apply this. Let's, let's use this and in these smaller groups. So if you're feeling like, yeah, I would love to do that. I'll put that information in the chat, the link in the chat, but you can always go to mompowertraining.org just to, and look under the teams for more information on that. We have lots of moms that are really enjoying that and you can jump in on that at any time. But I wanted to let you know, before we get started in between the, the mom power training series, we have three weeks that we have a special series webinar series called stay by the tree, but we love this series, this three-week series. And it's a great one to be able to share with any of your friends or sisters. And all you have to do is go to staybythetree.org and register for that. It's a free webinar series where we bring in different presenters that we feel would be able to to share a special message of hope for different things that are going on with our families or just things that we could use. But we are so excited about these three presenters. So just keep that on your radar. And if you want to just go right now and do that, just a couple question registration at staybythetree.org. And like I said, it's free. And then we'll send you the information on that. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Hey, thanks, BJ. Okay. I want to personally invite you to come and check out Team Mom Power. I love it so much. It's so fun to connect personally every week with a smaller group of women applying the things that we're learning here and just meet each other where we're at and love each other, care for each other and understand each other. It's been really awesome to participate in that. It's kind of like group coaching, but also like kind of like we're coaching each other. It's pretty neat. So please come check that out. Team Mom Power. And I also wanted to invite you each to check in today. This is your day. If you haven't done that yet, give it a try. Why are you fighting? Why don't you just give up? Can you put that in the chat? Maybe a declaration of truth, but just a scripture that you're loving that's had a lot of meaning to you. Anything that's coming to your mind this morning about who you are and how you're staying in your truth, just check in in any way. Even if it's like, hello, good morning. I'm from Ohio. That'd be great too. Oh, I can't believe it's week seven. I just feel like, oh, do we have to be done? I just, I just love the connection and the power that comes into our lives when we do connect in a way where we are sharing for real, how we perceive what we're understanding and how that applies to the difficult things in our lives. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ has all the answers we need, but when we can share and collaborate and connect 
and support each other, some amazing things can happen for me personally or a woman personally because we see ourselves more clearly underneath Heavenly Father's plan and we can put a perspective on the meaning and the miracle, the very message right in the middle of our mess. And so I just am so grateful that you're here today. I'm so thankful for the several women that I've invited to participate today. I kind of put together a little panel about this lesson. But before that, I did something kind of fun. So this lesson is, you are God's secret weapon. And I just had this thought because on Tuesday mornings, it's my turn to be in charge of our little family devotional with myself and my son and my husband, because I want them to hurry on Tuesday. And so I want to say, okay, here's our message. Okay, now let's say family prayer and I need to go do some things because I'm excited about this. So I don't want it to go too long. So, but this morning I, I kind of let it go long because I just felt so impressed to ask them a question. But first I shared with them one of our slides from the lesson. So I'm going to show you the slide that I shared with them. So first I said, Hey guys, look at this. And so I just said, you know, so my son read it. I am an atmosphere angel. Okay. And then I, and then I said, okay, good, good. And then I said, okay, now let's see. Now let's read. Now let's read this. And so I just said, this is, you know, as sisters in Zion. And I said, the errand of angels is given to women. And this is a gift that as sisters we claim to do whatsoever is gentle and human to cheer and to bless in our family's name or humanity's name. And I just said, I was just wondering, and I brought my notebook and a pen. I said, I was just wondering if you could please share with me why women, any woman in your life, your grandma, your mom, your sisters, your friends, anything. Why do you think that that is true? That women are atmosphere angels. And so this is what they shared just real quick. Some of the highlights of what they shared. But I was so excited that I asked them because they said a lot of things. Anyway, my husband says, women have a softer, gentler approach to things. They're more cognizant of people's feelings. They have a tendency to calm things down, even slow things down a bit and bring more positive control to a situation. They literally have the ability to radiate the spirit. And then my son said, emotions, let's see. This is way he put it. Emotion is felt more by others in the room from women than from men. And he said, for some reason, girls cause more of um, an emotion in a room than boys do. And then he said, like, for instance, and he referred to his sister. When she's happy, I feel so happy. And when she is sad, I have a really hard time not being sad. It really affects me. And then he said, I think women are a mood regulator and amplifier. And then he said, they, they can see your feelings more. And it's like they can see you better. And they're asking, how can I help you? And then he said, they have a lot of empathy that at times is harmful to them because it affects their mood that day. And then he thought for a minute and he goes, but you know, I think it's because they, they hurt for those that they care about at a much more deeper, he says a deeper level. And then he stopped and he said, like the savior, they hurt for people. And then my husband says, oh yeah, you know, that adage that if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And he said, he said, it's kind of seen as a derogatory thing. 
And he said, but there is truth in it, but it's not fair. He said, it really isn't fair. It's a position of power though, kind of like a superpower. And I was so excited when he said that because I was like, he doesn't even know the title of our lesson today. But he said, it's kind of like a superpower. It's, you tend uh, to view, you tend to view it like, why is this my responsibility? It's not even fair. Why can't somebody else be in charge of how everything feels? And then he said, women carry a load in a household, and it's even more huge that they also carry the feeling in the house and have a responsibility to hold that upon their shoulders. That's why, let's see, he said, that's why I think you're given a superpower. You have an ability to change, change the world around you. If you embrace it instead of resist it, you can do amazing things. And then he said again, but it's not fair. And then my son referred to his friends and he said, you know what? It doesn't matter. You don't have to be really in the center of attention to be an atmosphere angel. And he referred to a couple of his friends and he said, they just bring happiness to everything that we're doing and kind of this cheerful feeling and like we should all be nice to each other when we're around each other. Just you being you, putting off your light. That's what women can do. And then my husband said, hey, you know, just consider all of the Wollstonehume women, like myself, my mother, and all of my sisters. I have three sisters and a mother. And so actually, yes, I do have three sisters. There's four girls. And so he compared us all and kind of our personality and strengths. And he said, not one size fits all. Everybody develops develops it themselves. And then he said, you know what? I've known families with no father and just a mother. And I've known families with really bad fathers. And he said, and you know what? It's not perfect. Like the picture looks like, gosh, that's hard. But he said, but because of the work of a mother and her gifts, it seems to work out. And then this was a really funny thing he said, because my, my son said, you know, what, President Nelson's amazing, but whenever he's with his wife, it just feels different, something different about it. And then my husband says, I was like, oh, what a great point. He said, you know, you know how the prophet told his, you know, granddaughter-in-law that she was thinking like the one word thing was myopic, his reply to her thing. And he said, I'm sorry, but that was kind of offensive. Like if you, if some girl was really hurting and you went up and said one word to her and the word was myopic, that's just not even, that would have hurt somebody. Even if you were the prophet, even if you could say, well, I'm 96, of course, I'm just going to say one word. I've figured things out. And he said, no, he said, it took that mother, his wife, because she could see, she could take his word and see what he meant. And she could present it and explain it in a way that it would be helpful to that granddaughter-in-law. And he would have completely hurt her had he just said that to her. And then he said, but, but because she could notice the feelings and was able to regulate kind of the temperature of the situation and notice the mood of this granddaughter-in-law, she was able to make that something she could learn from. Anyway, I just am excited to have several women that I've asked to just come and briefly share the answer to a question that I'm going to put in the chat, just so you can all see the question. Or, so the question is, can you please share your thoughts on your personal journey to understanding your role as an atmosphere angel? 
some things to consider only if needed. Please lean towards sharing as the spirit directs. And so I've asked these several women to just share with us their own personal experience and understanding that principle of an atmosphere angel. And I know that Susie is going to start driving in a minute, but before she goes, I just wanted to share from Sarah. She couldn't come, but she says, I'm not available this morning, but I hope it goes really well. I love the concept of atmosphere angel. It is the way to access my own power because it is the thing I can control myself. So of course it feels very empowering to me. That's what Sarah said. Okay. And then Susie shared something so amazing recently in our team mom power group. I said, could you please come and share what you shared? And then after Susie, we'll go to, let's see, April, then BJ. Okay, Susie. All right. Briefly, I come from a broken home. And so I get really scared of confrontation. So just, you have to know that. So I have a daughter, all my kids are very good kids. I have a daughter that's very bossy. And if I just come in and ask her to do something, she'll tell me she gets in lawyer mode and she tells me all the reasons why she just gets contentious. So I've been trying to learn how to be an atmosphere angel and not be afraid of her. And so I recently had an experience with warrior chemistry and, and learning how to shine light on a situation. Karen's been teaching us how to just state truth and how truth brings light in and how saying our truth can shine the light on the darkness and darkness flees. And thinking about how Satan hates atmosphere angels and he's afraid of them because we shine light on darkness by stating our truth. So here's what happened. I needed to ask her to do something. And usually I go in there and I say, oh, this needs to be done and you haven't done it. And then she'll give me all the excuses. So you can see how that creates contention. So the spirit was with me that day. I was, I was having a good day and I started to go into the room to ask her to do something. And I stopped. That was the first good thing to do is I stopped before I went in the room and I just stood straight up erect. And I said softly, I am a precious, cherished daughter of my heavenly parents. Stated the truth, shine light on who I am. And then I said softly, I am a warrior mother who knows who I am. Second truth, another light shining. Now you can see the darkness is getting light, you know. And then I went over to my daughter and I looked at her and I said, I'm glad to see you. Another truth, a truth that I stated to her. She looked up, she's like, oh, hi. And then I said, will you please go do such and such? And she said, oh, sure. No contention, no lawyer, no arguing, no nothing. Why? Because I got my warrior chemistry on, so I wasn't afraid of her. I stated truth to chase off darkness for me, and then I went and stated a truth to her. Hi, I'm glad to see you. So we can be atmosphere angels by stating truth, by getting our warrior chemistry. All you have to do is get a warrior pose. You don't have to stand like Wonder Woman. You can just stand up tall. Remember that song? Stand tall, you're a daughter of God. Walk tall, you're a daughter. I can't sing it anymore. I can't remember it anymore. I'm too old and 51. Anyway, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. So brilliant. Susie, thank you so much. Now, as everybody shares, I just hope that you're also considering. And if we have time, I'd love to hear other people share as well. So April, you're on. Thank you. Sure. Of course, Karen always calls on me on the days I'm kind of emotional and then I'm usually hiding and nobody can see that. So 
funny you asked me about the Atmosphere Angel today because my I, I my youngest daughter left for Alaska this morning for three months with her boyfriend to go live we don't know where and we don't think it's a good idea. And so that's kind of been interesting. But during this whole journey, the one, the couple of things that I kept thinking about is, you know what, April, you just have to trust that this is going to be okay. God's got it. You got to stay over there by the tree and you just tell her that you love her. And you just keep saying that over and over and over again, because while you don't, and, and we've told her, we don't agree with the choice you're making. We think that this is going to hurt you mentally and emotionally more than anything else. Like she has, she has struggles with anxiety and depression. And I'm like, and you're going to go live totally isolated. That sounds like a really good idea, but okay. That was my sarcasm there anyway. But I just kept having to say, you know what, but we love you. This is your decision and we love you. And no matter what, we love you. And honestly, that has kind of been the one thing that has kept the relationship going. Because the other thing that I always think about through all of this and the principles I've learned with mothers who know just in that it all fits together. You know, there is one savior. It's not me. If I stay over here by the tree, I can trust that it's okay. If my husband and I keep our covenants, it will be okay. I don't know how I really don't. I can't, my brain can't wrap around that, but that's okay. I don't need to know how, but if I can stay okay with it and I can trust, then it's interesting how everybody else can follow suit with that. So as I tell family members or, you know, cause they just ask, where is she going? What is she doing? And you know, whatever. But as I talk with them, I can confidently say, you know what, this is her decision and we don't think it's great, but we still love her and we'll always love her and that'll be okay. And God will work it out. And she's got a lesson that she's going to learn. I don't know what it is, but I just trust that God's going to take care of it. And he can make good things out of hard things. No matter what they are, he can take any situation. I think that's been the overlying lesson I've noticed in Come Follow Me lately is no matter what the situation is, God can make something good out of it. And I think being an atmosphere angel is just as much for our own good as it is for the people around us. Like, you know, we have the magnet on our fridge too, that also says happy wife, happy life. My husband got that for me. And it's really funny. You know, when you sell your house, they have you take, you have to get rid of all of the personal things on your fridge and whatever else. But we left that one up. We like didn't take that one down because I think, I mean, it helps those around you to see that you can love and you can trust, but it also helps you just to stand in your truth and know that God's got it and he's going to take care of it. And there's a lesson in there somewhere. There's a miracle in there somewhere. And we just stay over here and keep being who we are and keep loving and just keep moving forward and just know that God's got it. So that's what I got for you. That, yeah, that wasn't very fair of me to ask you on this day. So thanks, April. All right, BJ. And then we're going to go to, to Sherry. Thank you, Susie and April. I'm so glad, April, that Karen caught you on this morning, even though I'm sorry, it's a heavy one, but I just appreciate the real. We all know about that. And anyway, it's just like April was saying, it's just how everything weaves together. You almost can't talk about Atmosphere Angel without all the other pieces of the, the tools and things. But just, I was just thinking about how, being an atmosphere angel. And like April was saying, having some feeling of, of confidence and hope in the savior, even when it doesn't seem like 
there's, it's not looking so hopeful or it's looking like it's not working out or not going to, I just feel like that's where, that's where that atmosphere angel comes in for me. I just, I feel like having confidence in him and what he can do and what, how, how far he'll go, how much he'll just can kind of override and, and or put a blanket over some of those difficult things. And I, this is just a, a small thing, but I was just thinking about one of my sons that's a junior this year in school really struggles with dyslexia and reading and comprehension. And school has just been a place where he feels like here's a big reminder of you're dumb. And one thing he's found that he loves is football and he, he does, he gets up early to go to weight training. He, he loves all the friends there. He loves the camaraderie. He just puts his whole heart into football and I've just loved watching him in it. Well, you can't play football if you don't pass all your classes. And so to me, I was just like, oh, he's got to have this area of confidence. You know, school's not the, his area of where he gets a lot of confidence. And so when we see that there's only a couple of days of school left and he's got two Fs and he's not looking like he's wanting to get those Fs into something that's at least passing. We used to go for straight A's, but now we're like, let's just pass. Let's just pass the classes. We've, we've <laughs> rearranged our expectations, but I, I, you can feel yourself getting into a place and I've watched here in our home how it's just easy to start barking. Don't you care about, you know, get into an angry, ugly place. I loved everything I've learned about just being so aware of when your thoughts and your feelings are shifting to a place of anger. And that doesn't have anything to do with that. We're helping the captain of the wrong team, right? And I don't want to accidentally do that. I know I'd never purposely think, how can I help Satan? I'll say this and do this. But I know accidentally sometimes we do that. So I'm grateful for that, that awareness of that feeling and how I don't want to be over there on that team. And I don't always do that. But just this morning when my son got up, I was just able to say, like April said, we love you, you know, to her daughter, like just say, I'm so glad you're in our family. Trey, I'm so glad you're a part of our family. You bring so much to it. I just think I could have went in a whole big speech and I, but I just think, yes, I want him to know what we feel and have expectations. And I want to have some things that are missed if he's not doing certain things, but just to have accountability and to have some things that are attached to that, not just well, we don't care about anything and we don't have any expectations. Not like that, but I don't have to use showing how discouraged I am and how angry I am to try and manipulate and persuade people to act a certain way. That there's other ways to go about that and that we can have a lot of confidence in the Savior. Anyway, that's all that I have on that, but I just appreciate that concept and I am so grateful that the Savior is on it and we can have a lot of confidence in Him. We can have every confidence in Him. We just give our part. We try and stay close to him. We try and stay open to his answers and then just act on those thoughts and then just put the rest right in his arms. And it, it works. It doesn't solve everything and make everything easy, but it lightens things. And I just appreciate that. So that's all I had, Karen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jay. Jerry, thank you so much. Okay. When I first started coming to this group, a little over a year ago when I heard stay by the tree, I wasn't exactly sure what that principle meant. And so I kept trying to visualize how can I stay by the tree when I can see all of these things happening that are completely out of control. Someone's got to do something and um, feeling kind of this panic, like I want to do the right thing, but I'm not 
sure what the right thing is. And this week I was listening to a podcast and they said that we can do what we're supposed to do, even when we don't know what we're supposed to do. And I really thought about that and realized that that has happened to me in my life. And that I just need to have confidence that Heavenly Father will tell me a step at a time. I mean, I've found myself in difficult situations many times, but one particular time was when my 16-year-old daughter found out she was expecting a baby. And I just thought, I just want to do the right thing. And I don't really even know what that is. And so I think when we have confidence that we stay by the tree doesn't mean that we don't do anything. It means that we go to the tree and basically, like you've taught, feel the spirit and that he'll tell us what to do. And even if that means that today we just stay quiet and take care of ourselves, or maybe if you can't even figure out what you're supposed to do today, you can figure out what you're supposed to do right this minute. And sometimes I've had to back my plans to what am I supposed to do right now? And then just do that. And I, I have confidence that he'll tell you what to do each step of the way and not expect to know the whole story. And you're supposed to do this and then this and then that. For me, it doesn't happen that way. He tells me what I need to do right this minute. And then if I do the wrong thing, which happens, then I can step back and he'll tell me how to fix that too. And so I'm just thankful for this class that it's kind of reminded me and given me enough confidence that I don't have to be so afraid because I know that he will tell me what I need to do and he'll help me to do what I'm supposed to do, even when I don't know what that is. And so that's what I've been learning from this lesson is to just like everyone else has said have confidence in heavenly father that he will tell us and help us and take care of it and our part might not be what we think it is but he'll tell us what that part is thank you so much i'm so grateful for you gals sharing we have let's see if we could have jen jen go next and then laura and then tana okay i just loved these questions and i'm I'm so grateful Karen asked me because I always get more out of it for me personally when I think about questions like this deeply when I have to present. So I'm always, you know, you're nervous, but I'm like, it was really for me that she asked me. So I'm super grateful because I think it's just neat to think back on a, our journey of trying to become an atmosphere angel in our homes. And the theme that really hit so powerful, powerfully for me was that it really was for me, as simple as saying a prayer. And, you know, it's really was the difference because it's just being intentional. It's recognizing the fact that I can't do this by myself, Heavenly Father, like, and recognizing the fact that I am better with him, right? Like, and so in those times when I have stopped and said a prayer, and asked him, will you just help me with this situation? I know I'm not good at talking. I don't even know what to say. I, whatever. I need your help. Every time I, I have done this, I am better than I would have going into that situation by myself. And because I'm always better partnering with him, it's been such a cool experience to, in this journey, to recognize the fact of this power of prayer. And it just took me back to in first Nephi that the difference between Nephi and Laman and Lemuel was a prayer. Nephi went and I'm going to read verse 16. And he says, I did cry unto the Lord and behold, he did visit me and did soften my heart that I did believe all the words which had been spoken by my father. Wherefore, I did not rebel against him like unto my brothers. 
And I thought, you know, I love that scripture because I can, I can fill in the end. Like when I say, you know, I did cry into the Lord, if I'll stop and ask him for help before I go into a situation, I can say, you know, and he helped me be calm. He helped me not criticize. He helped me soften my heart so I could serve them instead of being mad at them or whatever the situation. I think it's a really cool example to me. And I think the Lord, just like the Lord changed everything for Nephi, how he softened his heart and he was able to not rebel and he believed the words of the Lord and his father, he will do the same for us. And to me, that is how it has strengthened me and made that me plus Christ equals more because I still think it's really interesting. And my biggest key now is remembering because it's really interesting how I go through the same cycle all the time, where if I ask him for help and I do pretty good, then I, you know, or once or even another time I'm thinking like, Hey, I'm getting better at this. And then the next time I go into it without his help and it crashes and burns. And it just is a total reminder that if I really want to do good, I really need to ask to have more of the savior with me when I go into any situation, because I cannot be an atmosphere angel by myself. And so that's the coolest thing for me is just, I'm just trying to remind myself to acknowledge the fact that I pretty much always need his help. And so that really has blessed me and helped me to tap into the power of how he will make me more in little teeny situations throughout my entire day. So I testify it's true because I've seen it in my own life and I know he'll do the same for all of us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much. Laura, are you available? Yes. Yes. So recently I was, I was in another state in preparation to have some surgeries and also to attend my nephew's homecoming from returning from his mission. And while gone, there were some things that happened at my home that changed the atmosphere of my home. And as my husband fell into some addictions, alcoholism, among other things, also the, the influence that was in our home was affected negatively. And I decided I had I've been doing, attending the classes and learning and, and gaining so much strength and, and also part of me going to Texas. I knew that I was, it was part of me putting my armor on as a mom and being able to wholly, fully prepare myself because I almost felt like I knew I was going to be going to war and I needed to build my strength. And so attending these classes were helping me. And so I decided to return home early. And as I I just, I knew I needed to be there for my kids to feel safe. And when I returned into the home, there was definitely a huge difference in the feel of the home. And then as the, the girls started to tell me some of the things that they weren't allowed to tell me while I was gone, I, I it was, there were a lot of things that were contrary to what we had always taught the girls and the belief system that we had shared with them and instilled within them. And my husband had decided to no longer follow our faith or believe in God. And I could feel like that my children were feeling lost. They were all of them confused, lost. And I knew that my purpose coming home is that I needed to be that atmosphere angel. I needed to help bring it back and bring some order and some feeling of happiness because 
when I walked in the home, there wasn't that feeling of happiness anymore. And one thing that I constantly was thinking was remembering that there's only one savior and it's not me. And I would, I said that to myself every time before I spoke to my children, before I spoke to my spouse, before I came to, as I was driving to my house, I kept saying that to myself. And then with the girl, once I did ask him to leave and once he was gone, I knew that, okay, I need to love them where they're at and how they need. And so I kept asking Heavenly Father, please help me to bring things together. And then this was, so on Mother's Day, they, he left the day before Mother's Day. And then on Mother's Day, they did their thing and and it was beautiful and fun. And so I decided one of the things that always brought us together was me cooking. And they all loved, they love when I cook and do a meal and a meal seems to bring us all together. And so I decided I was going to make something that they all had wanted for a while. And so I got them all together to sit at the table to eat. And I remember as I got, was coming to the table the whole time I was cooking and talking with them and so forth, they would walk in the kitchen and feel comfortable talking. And that was a little bit communication starting to happen. And one of them is one of my daughters is a lot like what I think it was April who said, or maybe no Susie, who had said that was a harder, you know, a harder kind of she had a harder shell on her and she's usually like the lawyer type also. She even walked in the kitchen and like would, was peer, you could see her peering around the corners to see like, do I want to be a part of this or not? But when we sat at the table, we did our rose and thorn and which is your good and your negative of the day. And then I started to talk about some of the things that I wanted to change. And I, since he decided to no longer be of the faith, then several of them also decided that as well. And, and instead of allowing myself to feel, oh my gosh, what am I going to do and spin out of control and you know, I've got to fix it. I kept thought that kept coming in my head was love them where they're at. And so I, my thoughts were, I told him, okay, I want us, we're going to do family night once a week. We're going to start that again. We don't have to call it family home evening. We can call it family night, family together, being together, whatever you guys want to name it. And it doesn't have to be on our particular faith or the faith that you guys were raised in. It can be in something, basically I said like the principles of 1 Corinthians 13, which are love and kindness and patience and those kinds of things. I said, and you can teach a little lesson. It can even be how to change the tire to the car or how to, you know, you get to choose what you want to do and you're in charge of the lesson. And then we're going to, each of you are going to be in charge of doing a meal for the week. And that the lawyer one said, we've tried this before. It it hasn't worked. And I said, well, yep, you're right. I said, and usually I would have wanted to battle, you know, with a lawyer. And I told, I said, no, you're right. You're, you're so right. I said, and the things are different right now. And we're going to try it again. We're going to try some newer things. And I hope that maybe this time it'll stick because I really love you guys. And I want us all to feel happy. And then she didn't respond, which was really shocking, but I knew that I, I loved her how she wanted at that little moment. And, and the others were were on board. My oldest who came had come home and was living with us. She is transgender. And so she is referred to as a he now. But so she came home. I had spoken to her prior and had asked if she would be willing to participate in these things as well. And she agreed to participate. And that was such a wonderful help when I talked about the things. It was so neat for them to choose who got to do the first family night. 
they, the two of them, they had to rock, paper, scissors because two of them wanted to do the first night. That's the first time I've ever had one of them battling to want to do family night. And it was so sweet to see them, you know, it was fun and lighthearted, happy. And so we did the whole thing and schedule and it felt great. And then afterwards we put on some music and we're dancing in the kitchen and there was just such a beautiful feeling in the home again. And since then, each day I've been asking father, what can I do? Who can I help? How can I love them where they're at? How can I be that angel? And he's helped me and directed me. And I've had opportunities with each one to do something. And I can feel that connection come back with them. And on that day, there were some things that she said, well, there's this, 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 and this that she had had needed to be done and had it been done. The next day she asked me, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you do this? And I said, yep. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I accomplished those. And I know those things meant something very important to her because she felt seen. And I think as we continue to love them where they're at and remember that there's only one savior, it's not me. And all I can do is love them where they're at and do the best that I can. I know that that just is a tr- the trickle effect. And I, I think of the, you know, when you throw a, walk, a rock in the water, the ripple effect that happens, that's the ripple effect is happening. And as the weeks go by, I can feel the spirit come back in our home. And when I've had private conversations with each one of them, they've mentioned it this past week. They were saying, mom, it feels different again in the house. It feels good. I feel safe. And hearing those things, and I know that I'm I'm on the right track. And I'm so grateful for these classes and for all of your input and the things you say, because it, it is amazing what these tools, and as we remember to be that atmosphere angel, the power that we do have within us. And so that's what I have to share. Thank you so much, Laura. Thanks for your courage and sharing that. Appreciate that. Okay, Tana, you're on. Thank you. First, I just have to thank you ladies for sharing such a sweet spirit. And I think one of the keys of being an atmosphere angel is learning from other atmosphere angels and bonding together and rallying that courage and spirit so that we can support each other in this journey. Because being tender and empathetic is essential to our calling, but it's also painful sometimes to have that gift and to feel things so deeply. So thank you for sharing what you've shared. I'll just briefly share some thoughts I had. The key to my understanding of an atmosphere angel centers around two main parts, and they're both found in the scripture that we use all the time in power. The first part is cheerfully doing all things that lie in my power. That word all is really scary because can we ever do all that lies in our power and how do we know what that is? But I'm learning that those things are the things that are in my sphere of influence. They're not encroaching on anyone else's agency. And the main thing I do as far as the all things is I focus on my relationship with the Savior That is the main thing I work on. And when I do that, it invites a spirit into our home that guides me one step at a time to know what those things are that I should cheerfully be doing. So that's the first part. The second part is just as important. And I think maybe sometimes more important as we face these hard, scary, big things that so don't match what we thought life was going to look like. And that is the cheerful, or I'm sorry, see, stand still to see the salvation of God and for his arm to be revealed. That's the part where we stand firm at the tree 
and we're unwavering. And we trust with all our hearts and with all our hope and with all of our love that God loves our kids and loves our husband and loves us. And he will take care of things if we stay close to him. And I can trust that he is involved in their lives. Even if I can't recognize the evidence, it's there. And it can bring that faith in me radiates a, a love and a peace and a warmth and confidence into my home that's really just channeling God's power and his peace through me out into my home that I can't do by myself. I have to have that through him. Just really briefly, I thought this morning of Zion and how in Come Follow Me, we're talking about Zion and God described that in these glowing terms and go to Zion. People were all, you know, Zion or best. And then they got to Missouri and thought, surely he made a mistake. This can't be Zion. There's, there's no roads paved with gold. There's no beautiful city. Where are all the things he described? And even today, if you've been there, it's a beautiful place, but it's a field with cornerstones for a temple. It still doesn't look like what he described. And yet I know, and I know you know, that God's promises there will be fulfilled. The difference is in the perspective, the long view. God sees that Zion there, even though we can't see it. He saw Nauvoo when the saints were looking at swamp and he knew it could be a beautiful city. And he knows that our families can be eternal and celestial, even when we can't see any evidence that that's what it's going to be. And when we can draw close to him and stay by the tree and channel his love and peace that we feel from that relationship through us and out into our home, that's when the atmosphere changes. Like Laura explained, that's when he comes in and is invited into that place to help us feel the Zion when we can't see it. Thank you so much, Shauna. Oh, so grateful for everything that's been shared so thankful for your willingness to share. And I'm also really grateful for those of you who didn't share, who have something absolutely beautiful to share and how you have come to understand this. And uh, I'm just so grateful for the strength that we have together. And I'm just going to share a screen before we go real quick. This is a picture. If you're listening to the recording, this is a picture of Captain Moroni on his horse. But I just think we have had kind of a warrior approach. Like you're messing with the wrong mom. If she knows who she is and she knows who God is with her and for her, then in the storms of life, she can declare, I am a walking, loving title of liberty whose faith, spiritual power, and trust in God's grace allow me to see the messages and miracles in message. So thank you so much for being here today, ladies. I look forward to seeing you next week. And thank you, sisters that shared. Appreciate your powerful message and spirit that you brought. Love you, ladies.